Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie and Leah talking about our one cool filmmaking gal. Bonnie already told us about Margaret Booth, and Leah talked about finding and learning from Penny Marshall. But before we dive back in, Leah is going to tell us what's on the Gals Guide calendar for the week. Yes, I am. And I put that piece of paper away because I'm very, very silly. Let's see. Oh my gosh. I combined all of my notes. Oh no. So we're looking at like the end of September. I'm pretty uh, sure there's a book club happening. There I know is a that book for club. sure. I know we uh, have a book club I, meeting on Zoom. <laughs> it's a book club on Zoom and it's led by our lovely love Katie Young. Oh. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about the wrong kind of woman inside our revolution to dismantle the gods of hollywood how about that for a title <laughs> nice strong title it is uh naomi mc uh it's miss dougal mcdougal right there we go mcdougal, McDougal yeah no i was wanting to have the doug in there like really strongly for some reason mcdougal <laughs> mcdougal jones there you go um, so Thursday, September 29th at 8 p.m. It is only on Zoom. So you need to register ahead of time so you get that Zoom link, but it's absolutely free to do that at galsguide.org. So check out all of our calendar events that finish up this month and also that go into October at galsguide.org. But Katie, I think you have a question for us. I do. I want to know what upcoming movie or TV show you guys are most excited to see. So anything that's going to be releasing in 2022 or anything like new to theaters or new to TV, I want to hear about it. Sweet. Bonnie, you were talking about possibly TV shows. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're finally starting to catch up on all the things. Yes. And it seems like everything's sitting in August and we can't keep up. <laughs> with all the things like we just finished up finally caught up and watched miss marvel which is amazing oh yes totally um she hulk just started and yeah. it's amazing mm -hmm. um lord of the rings comes out soonish um now -ish. A league of their own comes yes. out watch it um for movies i mean it's always all the marvel stuff mm -hmm. anything star wars mm -hmm. i was going down this random list of what comes out in 2023 apparently there's going to be another legally blonde oh which sounds amazing is that three or four three question mark <laughs> i remember a legally blonde two for certain and now i'm trying to remember did they switch the girl for a legally blonde three or something or was there a TV? I don't know why. Nope, number three. They have it listed okay, as three. three. Okay, cool, cool, apparently, cool. Um, I'm wanting to say J.J. Abrams, but now I'm not sure that's her name. The lady who did Wonder Woman is directing a Star Wars. Oh, yes, she is. A fighter pilot one. Uh, Patty Jenkins. Yes. Yes. I can't even think of like, just, there's so much that's come out. Yeah, this is I'm true. Trying to kind of catch it. Do you want to know mine? Because it's probably also going to be one of yours. Uh, Marvel stuff. Yeah. 
yeah. Wakanda Forever. I am yes. all about that. Is the one November eleventh, and it's like etched in my brain. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what they're going to do because I, when you start a trailer with no woman, no cry. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be good. <laughs> so I can't wait for Wakanda Forever. It's going to be so good. I also love Ryan Coogler. He's probably one of my favorite directors right now. <laughs> He's like killing it. So I love Patty Jenkins too. Um, Wonder Woman 2 was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but she's right there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Wakanda Forever can't wait i'm very excited to see her as black panther like i'm picturing like a super fast super funny kind of like batman gadgety kind of a thing i'm very Uh excited yep it's gonna be good so katie what are you looking forward to movie or tv wise you know what i frequently do not have one because i just kind of like tag on to you know, we're Josh, or one of you guys, what you're yeah. thinking about. But I actually have one, and I might be the only person I know that's interested in this. Yes. And it's been going on for two years now because this movie has been talked about since 2020. Yeah. And it's very much in the news right now. Lots of controversy surrounding it. There's like some tea being spilled over this film. <gasps> I'm excited to see Don't Worry, Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde. Oh, I don't know anything about this one. Okay, about- I know about Olivia Wilde. What is it called again? It's called Don't Worry, Darling. And it's supposed to be like this. It's like 1950s uh, utopia little community. Like a Stepford Wives kind of? Yes, very, very Stepford Wives. There's like some bad shit going on. Um, But there's just been a lot of drama in like the the pop culture news because it was supposed to have Shia LaBeouf in it or how you say his name and right. he got crazy man yes well olivia wilde said she fired him as director and he's saying she didn't fire him he quit mm-hmm. and you know there's other stuff uh harry styles is one of the leads in it oh and they started a relationship maybe while filming or right after filming and she was with somebody else so i don't know okay you know. so there's a lot of like what didn't happen on the set drama <laughs> yes there's a lot of set drama with this one but I was originally interested in like the story and what was yeah. happening and they were talking about how it was going to be like really visually interesting Ooh. and done so I'm excited for that when it comes out September 23rd Ooh, sweet in theaters and then I think the beginning of November it's on HBO Max maybe okay Gotcha. So, if you yeah. need somebody to come with you to a movie theater, uh, I'm always game. Nice. Always game. I might have to because Josh is like not into this at all. And when I, I talk about how I'm a Harry Styles fan, he's like, you're almost 40. Stop it. Well, he doesn't say that. I yeah. say that to myself, but. <laughs> I do remember the moment when I was watching one of the, one of the trailers for Harry Potter. And I went, oh crap, yeah. Harry Potter just got hot. I'm an old woman (laughs) and I felt really dirty, (laughs) but there was a line that had been crossed. (laughs) I understand. I'm realizing how much I don't know about like popular stars and people in the industry currently. I just, I I haven't had an interest in now, but. Come to the dark side, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'm going to make Leah and Bonnie do a guessing game because they don't know who I'm covering. Yeah. And we know that Leah is like an encyclopedia of film. It's weird. So yeah. she, 
I've, I've actually been like ranking these in my mind while we talk the movies. Um, my woman has helped. She's, she's been a writer, a producer and a director Ooh. and she's been a triple threat. So I'm trying to think of the most obscure and kind of work around, but <laughs> okay. she's super famous. So you're just going to get it in one. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. She was involved with making the holiday. Okay. It's complicated. Yeah. Father of the bride part one and two. Yeah. The parent trap. Damn it. Yes. Something's got to give. Yep. Oh, your, your face. I, I wish to see her. I face. can see I know it's her. just the name. What women want. Yeah. Baby boom. Did I say the intern already? No. Is okay. it me, leader? No. 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 Irreconcilable. Irrec- I cannot say this word. Reconcilable. differences. Yeah. And maybe her most famous, Private Benjamin. Well, I'm, all I'm thinking is Goldie Hawn now. <laughs> I know, right? She's worked with Goldie Hawn a lot. Ooh. Oh, no. What is I've her name? You. I mean, I know you can visualize her, so you, you know. You got me. No, no, no. You absolutely that, got Bonnie, that do, you, do you know? I, I have no idea because I don't know, like, names for anybody. Like, I don't know anything. I'm just like, I like that movie. I like, I that, like movie. that movie. That movie was funny. <laughs> all of that. Like, I watch it every year. And when Jude Law yeah. like puts on his glasses, like <laughs> he puts on. <laughs> what is that's her a, name, Katie? Well, that's actually what drew me to talking about her was I saw this list of movies and I'm like, I love all those movies. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about Nancy Myers. Nancy Myers. She's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. No, no, no. You got me. And she is amazing. Go on. Right. <laughs> and I feel like it's such an opportune time to talk about her. I mean, for one, one reason, she's scheduled to do a film uh, in 2023. Ooh. I'll have to find it, but she's like under contract to do another one. So she's still like actively directing. And this cracked me up the other day. I was looking at my social media and apparently there's like a new aesthetic that's popular called coastal grandmas oh and i feel like nancy meyer is all about the coastal grandmas as an aesthetic see that i like it <laughs> yes right what was it um it's complicated i think it was very mm-hmm. like coastal with was it meryl streep in it <laughs> was it meryl streep and also diane keaton is that the one or, or was no? it just it might have just been diane the, okay She's always, Something. her house is on the ocean or whatever. Right. Yeah. She's got lakefront property. Exactly. Yes. Like, that's definitely a very distinctive part when, when she's discussed is about, like, how her style of filmmaking is very mm-hmm. particular to how the houses look. And it's like a, a comedy bit, the kitchens in all of her movies, which you know how I feel about a kitchen. You do but they're always kitchen. like, I know that they're always gorgeous and beautiful and perfect. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was looking at information about Nancy, I saw that a little less than a year ago on the Jimmy Kimmel show, he put out a parody music video called a film by Nancy Meyer. And I'm not a country music fan, but he did it with Chris Stapleton. Okay. And it just featured a whole bunch of kitchens and they sang about kitchens and it was... <laughs> It doesn't sound at me describing it, but it was really hilarious. No, it sounds it sounds perfect. It sounds like the essence of a Nancy Myers film. It was really good. So I'll send this gorgeous kitchen by the lake. Show (laughs) the show links, right? But so that's kind of her end product. But I'll tell you a little bit about how she got there. Yes. 
Um, so she was born uh, December 8th, 1949 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia born and raised. Is it on the playground where she, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> Don't help it. Um, so she actually became interested in uh, film and writing after she uh, read Act One, which was an autobiography by Moss Hart at the age of 12 and that started her thinking about theater and productions but it wasn't screenwriting wasn't on her radar until she saw the graduate oh yeah and she super loved the graduate and was inspired by the graduate um so she did end up going to college for a degree in journalism um but shortly after leaving college she started working at the um public television station in philadelphia so she worked there for a year, and then when she was 22 years old, just a baby, she moved to Los Angeles with her sister, and she got a job as a production assistant on The Price is Right. Oh, look at that. Classic <laughs> Americana television right there. I was going to say, which I also love The Price is Right. You gotta love The Price is Right. <laughs> it's when you're sick and you're stuck at home. Yep. The Price is Right. <laughs> what you do with your day. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually that kind of got her foot in the door and she got work as a story editor, um, reading scripts and working with screenwriters on different projects and uh, that producers were developing at that time. Um, so she, yeah, she just worked her way up reading these scripts. And I think this is incredible. After two years of being in Los Angeles, she was able to quit her job to focus on her career in screenwriting and took filmmaking classes uh, where she was able to connect with directors like Martin Scorsese. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> right. And so she did have to support herself with a little side business making cheesecakes. <laughs> oh, it could be worse. Katie, is she right? you in a parallel <laughs> universe? <laughs> She's got fantastic kitchens, beachside, and makes cheesecake. Katie. <laughs> you know, there's a reason these were all my favorite films. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's how she got into it. And then like her, her biggest, like when you would start hearing about her um, was in the late 1970s when she met Charles Shire, who she did eventually marry and divorce, and also Harvey Miller. And it was the three of them that wrote Private Benjamin together, which is a film about a spoiled young woman who joins the U.S. Army after her husband dies on their wedding night during sex. Right. Stars Goldie Hawn. During is sex is very comedy. important to this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But the funny thing is, it's like known for being so popular, Mm -hmm. but it was really, really hard for them to get somebody to make this film. Oh, yeah. Like every single studio in Hollywood read it and passed on it. Um, And one studio even told Goldie Hawn that if you make this movie, it's a career ender. Mm -hmm. But she was on laughing at the time. And so she had this wonderful ability to be like, as long as you're funny and cute in it. Goldie Hawn will survive, but maybe all the filmmakers could die by this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, one of the reasons people wouldn't touch it is because um, there was no male star lead. It was a female lead in a comedy. But Goldie Hawn was like amazing at the time. But it was still, I mean, I think it was still very groundbreaking stuff to show that it could be a female driven comedy. Like, I mean... I want to say this laid the the groundworks for us having Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. to go to the theater and laugh until we cry about. Yeah. Because Very true. Private Benjamin and Goldie Hawn and showing in those, you know, late 70s, early 80s, how 
fucking funny women are exactly mm-hmm. and this is um oh. i'm trying to remember private benjamin if it's right around like the height of diane keaton time too like diane keaton woody allen time you know what i mean where we really started to appreciate our funny females um but uh yeah <laughs> It came out in 1980 and it grossed nearly $70 million. Right. Yeah. Cute. Right around um, uh, Annie Hall time. So right at that. Yeah. yeah. That cool, cool peak of funny women. And it was, it was nominated for an Academy Award for best writing. Yes. Just super cool. She's actually, um, Nancy has been nominated for many awards. I think that's her only Academy Award. Um, she, or she's also been nominated for golden globes but she's never won one yeah you guys heard that list of movies that i read Mm -hmm. to you never never like maybe a few little smaller are hard to win for oscars even golden globes the comedy category is still so so powerful it's very hard to win in that category but she had some great competition and yeah, there's probably quite a few times where it's like, you know what? She should have got it. <laughs> the, in 1981, she did win the Writers Guild of America award for best original screen play for Private Benjamin. Sweet. But the rest of the hers have just been nominations. Yeah. That wins, but it's okay. She knows she's awesome. Exactly. She is. And she's still doing it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then that movie, Private Benjamin, and her next movie, which she was also a writer on, Baby Boom, both of those also spawned TV series that only ran a couple years. But, like, her writing was so strong in Private Benjamin, they're like, everybody loved the character, so they wanted to see it as a TV series. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty incredible, too. I remember, I don't remember Private Benjamin as much as the TV series, but I do remember Baby Boom, the movie, and the TV series, and I thought that was... Diane Keaton. Yes. Mm-hmm. They've worked together a few times and she was in that one. I've never seen it, but it looks It's like really it good. Be. I don't know yeah. if it holds up, but it was really good at the time. <laughs> right. That one also was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Um, and then in the 90s, she worked on Father of the Bride, which grossed 90 million. I love that movie. Right. And let's see. She also helped as a script doctor and consultant for Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act, which was another one of my favorite early 90s movies. Sweet. So she was all over all of those like 80s, 90s comedies. Especially it sounded like if they had women in it. So if they were were female focused and they were funny, you wanted to get Nancy on it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and on all of these, she was either a producer or a writer or both a writer and producer. And it wasn't until 1998 that she made her directing debut with The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap, because I watched like the original Parent Trap Mm -hmm. in 1961. Was it Patty Duke or no? I think so. Okay, okay, okay. I think so. I was really into that one. um, And of course, had to watch this new one. It was adorable. Um, But I thought this was really funny. It's her first directing project and because Lindsay Lohan has been casted to play these twins it forced Myers to shoot in motion control oh yeah which she really didn't know how to do fair she said that she had a day to prep and go over the process and by the end of the day she had a little bit of a better understanding but still didn't totally get it (laughs) (laughs) but she said she just tried to make the movie as authentic as she possibly could and it was a huge success 
Oh yeah. Very well Huge loved. Success. I know I sold tons of them at the video store. Absolutely. Um, she then in the 2000s went to direct and write, rewrite. It was based on another movie, What Women Want, the Mel Gibson mm-hmm. and Helen mm, That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I feel like it's not divided this way, the info about her online, but I feel like she comes into a different part of her life because all of her movies after that point or after she's been divorced. Oh, yeah, yeah, She yeah. got divorced from her husband. Um, and the first project that she wrote and directed after she got divorced was Something's Gotta Give. Oh, which is another thing. Yeah, I see right? that. Mm-hmm. And it's another film that people didn't want to make. They said mm-hmm. nobody was going to be interested in a romance movie about 60-something, 50-something characters as the romantic this? leads. Nobody's going to watch that, they said. But this was after As Good As It Gets would had old Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson, and we seemed to care then, although he was, Helen Hunt was the love interest, and I'm like, oh, please. So you have this, well, but Jack is bringing older women to the box office, so throw him with some older women for the once. <laughs> Right. Well, she's very much credited with showing that people are interested in seeing films about women that are in their middle age. Mm-hmm. And especially that film, Something's Gotta Give, where he chooses, you know, a woman his own age versus a younger woman. Uh-huh. Which is very unjack <laughs> in person <laughs> and in film. I also right. did, I, I briefly looked, I saw the poster and I totally forgot. The poster was Jack and Diane which is very John Mellencamp for us here right. in Indiana of the Jack and Diane and then Jack Nicholson and Diane Keats. Sorry. I always thought that was brilliant on the posters part. <laughs> but you go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't get into her other projects. Um, definitely read into them, especially if, if you have a favorite because then she went on to do, you know, The Holiday and it's complicated. Um, one I wanted to highlight that I have not seen but I'm interested now is The Intern um because the other really cool thing about the intern it had um oh where am I with this I know the names it had Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway oh yeah there we go okay I'm like I'm on the IMDB but she's done a lot there's a lot of wonderful stuff to like (laughs) yes (laughs) the cool thing about this film though was it's a comedy but it's not a necessarily a rom-com because the two main characters don't have a romantic relationship it's about their relationship but it's not that kind of relationship very true yes exactly Um, one of the cool things you might be able to find recently that she did was uh, in 2020 they did like a little mini sequel of uh father of the bride where they pretended how the father of the bride people were dealing with covid and over zoom and all of that Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did this project with the film benefiting the world's world central kitchen charity to support Aww. families and children who suffer due to the Corona Corona pandemic, but also kitchen It has the word kitchen in it. Right? <laughs> so she says her, her major influences were the screwball comedies of the 1930s and 1940s. Um, that Myers, she didn't say this, but one thought is that Myers films are known to redirect the male gaze and instead of taking a critical view of male leads through the female gaze. Yeah. So that's, I I mean, I think that's where you can credit her with being pretty revolutionary beyond just Mm -hmm. being a female writer, producer, director in a field where a very small percentage of women are. 
And I would say the mature woman's gaze too, because yeah. you could have a 20 something, you know, you could say some of the horror movies are through a 20 something year old female point of view, but her movies are a mature woman, whether that's 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, that gaze, which is, you know, really interesting and should be in far more movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another um, go ahead. I was going to say another super cool thing about her, a standout little fact, is that um, she has been given access to do final cuts of her film, which is really uncommon for filmmakers working with big budget studios. It's something that Steven Spielberg and Clint Eastwood, like those kind of directors have that final cut, but she's had it for her projects. Very rare and very cool. Yes absolutely on imdb the first bit of trivia that popped up said that nancy myers has surpassed penny marshall as the highest grossing female director (laughs) it doesn't say which film like uh beat penny but it might be what women want yeah she's had some (laughs) really big blockbusters for sure Mm -hmm. Um, and i do find like her whole her her the fact that she uses uh, the film set as a character in her film is really interesting and funny. Like she's really using that set to tell a story. So I love that she does that. Her films have a vibe <coughs> too. Yeah. I mean, now that you're kind of putting it together for me and I'm looking at the films kind of as a whole, as a big picture, they do have a vibe that is distinctly hers, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. And it's important to her to show women who have crushed it with their career. They've become financially stable enough um, to buy these beautiful houses she showcases in these rom-coms she has, Um, which is a really cool aspect that I enjoy. But on the other hand, just a little to wrap us up with an interesting discussion, um, there has been some criticism of her saying she has a post-feminist aesthetic and ideology in her films. Kind of the thought that, you know, women already have equality and everything they need. Because look at all these successful women characters that I'm showing in my films. We're there. We've achieved it. But if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. And we want to see that gorgeous kitchen. (laughs) By the lake. Right. And, and that's the other thing that's that comes up to is the fact that her independent woman character is always a heterosexual, upper class, white Mm -hmm. woman living this lifestyle but you write what you know yeah yeah Yeah. i think she still tells an interesting (laughs) story and i think it's still a story that is not overdone and it is not a story that we are necessarily sick of at this point so i think there's still room for her type of story because she does it very well and she has a really authentic voice about it And her intention is to show, you know, an empowered, mature woman. (laughs) Absolutely. And when I mentioned the intern being kind of a different rom-com because the two main characters, Jules and Ben, it's a non-romantic relationship. That film also highlights the disenchantment with the idea of the independent woman ideal. Yeah. And talks more about the problems that plague professional women in heteronormative relationships. Right. Um, so a lot of people are wondering, like, what are we going to see next from Meyer? Yeah. We keep seeing her evolve with her films and her ideas. So, you know, she's shown us the strong, successful, kick-ass woman. 
um, and celebrated that. But, you know, she's also, I feel like in tune with that there are still a lot of problems and struggles facing women. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see what projects she brings out in the future. Yeah. I mean, she is still in Hollywood where it is still, what can you get money for? What can you, you know what I mean? Yeah. What can you get greenlit? Um, so she is still kind of in that construct, but if she can push that, like she did with the intern a little bit, um, yeah. different in the something that's interesting to her I'm all for it yeah as long well, as it's interesting I think she'll has the mentality to do it because if you look at interviews with her on YouTube uh there's one where she talks about how she pitched um the something's got to give to Diane Keaton mm -hmm. and Diane Keaton who knows the industry so well is like nobody will take that nobody cares about women in their late 50s having relationships nobody's going to touch mm -hmm. that and Nancy but how Myers much of that is Diane story. Keaton worried and you know, projecting her worry when mm -hmm. I think Diane Keaton also would be like, but I want the world to be ready for all of this and I don't want it to fail. <laughs> well, in the in the little video on YouTube, Nancy talks about how like that never entered her mind. And even when um Diane Keaton said it, she was like, Oh no, that's fine, because I have this story, I have this vision, we're doing it. Yeah. And it was actually when it was all like wrapped and ready to go out in theaters, there were these scathing articles about like who cares about these old characters having this relationship. They're like we're you know, a little bit of kickback so about it. what old white it dude was first time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but it was her first time. She'd been like, like, didn't see it at all because she had this vision and story and she's making this movie. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see what she gives us. I think that'd be great. Well, it kind of reminds me of uh, Amy Schumer's uh, skit, um, the, the Last Fuckable Day. The Last Fuckable Day. <laughs> <laughs> yep very much so where it's a little little garden party of uh you mm. will no longer be saying to sexy anymore you have gone out to pasture <laughs> <laughs> unless you get into a nancy myers film <laughs> yeah and then you're gonna be a coastal grandma yes that's my goal with a beautiful kitchen i mm. think that's you know it's a wonderful goal <laughs> <laughs> that's all i want guys <laughs> i think it's fantastic but I, I just love that you music. stumped me on her name. Oh my God. I am going <laughs> to kick in my own ass for that. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> well, that wraps Filmmaker Gals Month. Now we're getting our cauldron ready for some double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, fillet of fenny snake and cauldron boil and bake, eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adler's fork and blind worm sting, lizard's leg and howlet wing, for a charm of powerful trouble, like hell broth boil and bubble. It's going to be witches month next month, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Hope to see you soon at the Gals Guide Library. Thanks for listening. <laughs> for show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>